We have a scripture we'd like for you to listen or read with us. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. Our subject for consideration at this time is the importance of time. Let us read our text, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6. The great apostle Paul says, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. First then, let us note, time is important because there is so precious little of it. The Bible asks this awesome question, What is your life? And then answers it with these ponderous words. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. James 4 and 14. There is no time to waste. There is no time to kill. And time and no time wherein man is unaccountable unto God. God has wound up the clock of time. He has set the alarm, and He has said to man, Redeem the time. That is, use time wisely. For there is a day fixed wherein I will inquire as to how you have handled the time I have allocated unto you. Do we not remember that there is a time to be born, and there is a time to die? But the, the interim in between is where we come into play, so to speak. Life, the apostle tells us, is even as a vapor which appeareth for a little time. These words do not speak of a vapor in an evil sense, but the comparison is made to quicken man's senses to the brevity of life. Vapor properly controlled can move a locomotive at 100 miles per hour or a large ship upon the sea. Properly managed, it can generate a lot of energy, but left to itself, it will become thinner and thinner and fade away. And man, as he journeys through this time, is spoken of as a leaf that is fading away. So it is with life. A life governed and regulated by the Word of God is a power for God and for good, and is used to chart a straight course upon the tempestuous sea of time. But a life without God is spiritually listless, wanders hither and thither, and then vanishes from the earth. Life is as a vapor, but it does not have to be wasted. Have you not heard people say, time is of the essence, or there is just not enough hours in a day? This is said to emphasize the importance of time. Business people know the importance of time, and many equate time with money. I have heard it said by business people, time is money, but what they need to learn is, there is no such thing as an almighty dollar. And while they spend all of their time getting the dollar, their spiritual deficit is being fearfully compounded. And that their full-time dollar-getting business was a foolish business and a waste of time, they will learn. For the Bible asks it, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Time is an investment in eternity. The investment may be either positive or negative, but there is no way this investment can be avoided, and every succeeding day becomes all the more important and precious. 
because yesterday is one less day of time for us to live upon this earth. Time is more important than gold or silver, for all the gold and silver cannot purchase one minute of time when it is past and gone. If we really and fully knew the worth of time, we would invest every minute, every minute of it in the work of our God. If you talk with anybody who does not know what to do with their time, be ready and tell them, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Tell him that he, that we every one have already wasted far too much time in catering to the flesh. Tell him that now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Tell him that tomorrow's repentance is eternity's curse. Paul said to the Corinthian church, The time is short. Just how short is it for you, for me? How many more calendars will you or I see? David knew the time was short, so he prayed. Lord, teach me to number my days, that I may apply my heart to wisdom. Beloved, if we knew the true importance of time, we would be fully persuaded in our minds to spend the balance of our short few days in the service of God. I used We sang this song in church at times. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not, my Lord was crucified. This applies directly, directly to me. So many years I wasted, caring not at all about Jesus Christ, His death, nor His salvation. But I must ask, how about you? Have we not all devalued time? Have we not all been prodigals and wasted our time and substance in living for self? Have we not all said or thought, My time is my time, and I will use it as I please? That is exactly what the prodigal son thought in Luke 15. But the all-wise God knew that time was too important to leave it to the discretion of man. So he has admonished man, saying, Redeem the time, for the days are evil. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 and 12, we read, were in time past, Paul writing to those Ephesian Gentiles who were now in the Lord's body and in His church, were in time past, he says, you walked according to the course of this world, that at that time you were without Christ, having no hope, and without God in the world. Thank God for the believer. This is past tense time, or we might say pre-regenerate time, utterly wasted for sure, spent in self-gratification. But how about the present tense? How about the all-important now? Now let us read. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Dear saint, you have not yet arrived, but by the grace of God you have been put in His vineyard. And the Lord of the harvest has given us some precious time to work for Him. And may we be about our Father's business, for it is evening, the sun is sinking low, and our time, our time is precious. Our time is supremely important. Secondly, time is important because the days are evil. Our text, we ask, redeeming the time, and I ask why. And the text says, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, verse 16. The days are evil is surely a fitting description of our contemporary time. 
And the greater the evil, the greater is the importance of our time. Evil is on an accelerated increase and is setting the stage for the very man of sin who will be the personification of consummate evil. He is probably alive and well in the world at this very time. I do not need to delineate the crimes. They are far too many to name and enumerate. But they are at a tidal wave strength and is sweeping before it all nations of the earth, including our so-called God-fearing America. The United States Narcotics Department is no longer saying we are losing the war on drugs, but they are saying we have lost the war on drugs. Homosexuality is now socially acceptable, and the sacred institution of marriage is being fearfully eroded by easy divorce and live-in lifestyle. It is coming now and is being said uh, by two who would have one another. They ask, why bother getting a marriage certificate? It will just involve us in a divorce, a divorce court sometime later. I am not saying there are no scriptural reasons or grounds for divorce, but what I'm saying is, in 99% of the cases, the scriptures are not in any sense considered. I read about a woman in Wisconsin who got a divorce from her husband because he chewed celery too loud. She said it annoyed her. Christ said, As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24 and verse 37. How was it, I ask, in Noah's day? Well, let me read from the official flood record. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. A graphic description of our own time is this scripture. However, the antediluvians were given a special grace period, and the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah for 120 years, that is, while the ark was being prepared. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, warned the people, saying, God is going to destroy this earth with a mighty flood. But they mocked old Noah and spent their time in eating and drinking, getting fat and getting drunk. It's hard for a fat drunk to swim, and more especially when he is so far removed from the ark of safety. And they were marrying and they were giving in marriage, a mockery of the sacredness of that glorious institution of marriage. The flood victims had plenty of time, a hundred and twenty years, more than they deserved. And all but Noah's family wasted it in fulfilling the lust of their flesh and the desires of their mind. They did not consider their time to be important and could not see any sin in taking time away from their earthly pleasures and pursuit to prepare for a flood as they thought was never going to come anyway. The verdict was in, though, and it read, Guilty as charged. They were charged with having an evil heart continually, Genesis 6, 5. But the sovereign judge is also merciful and gave them 120, gave them a 120 year reprieve. In order to be spared, they needed to see that drowning was a just and merited penalty and the ark was the only means of escape. But they were just too busy having a good time and did not want to clutter up their mind with such tomfoolery as old Noah was preaching. He said, There shall come in the last days, walking, scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of, the, of His coming? 
For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. But now let us hear the execution of the sentence. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. They were too absorbed in having a good time, as we might say in contemporary vernacular, living it up. But they did not know that such lifestyle was a capital punishment, would demerited capital, capital punishment, for it was a felony in heaven's court. They all perished in the flood, and Christ says to mankind, the religious and the irreligious, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Then too, let us note, not only is time important because crime and evil, disobedience is running rampant throughout the whole land, and anarchy is near full bloom, but time is all the more important because of the spiritual lawlessness which is so prevalent in the world today. In verses 5 and 6 of 2 Timothy 3, the Lord speaking of the religious crowd says, They, having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusted. Beloved, I declare that this fits contemporary religion, especially the so-called electronic ministry. For sure, I am not the busiest man in the world, but let me say, and I say it emphatically, I have no time to listen to tomfoolery coming over the airwaves. I have no time listening to human decisionism. I have no time listening to these glaring counterfeits calling themselves charismatics. If I am going to spend my time in hearing preaching, I am going to spend it in hearing men that magnify the grace of God and vilify the depraved nature of fallen men. Christ said, Take heed what you hear. The wise man Solomon said, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth thee to err from the words of knowledge. And Paul the apostle said, Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Any preaching that does not declare God to be the sovereign and unassisted Savior of His people does not merit one minute of your time, no matter how well it is articulated. God does not use heresy to save His people, and the believer should should not give of his time, talent, nor his means to that which makes a mockery of the Almighty God, and does bring his word into ill repute. One false preacher is more dangerous than ten Hitlers, for they inflict, inflict eternal hurt upon all they whom they deceive. Paul said, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. First, Second Timothy 3 and verse 13. Now hear the charge giving the preacher. I charge thee, therefore before God, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now note, preach the word. There is nothing else that the preacher is allowed to preach but the precious, unadulterated, infallible word of God. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Why is such an awesome charge given the preacher? And remember, it is before God that he is charged. It was because dangerous or perilous times was coming and has now come. Listen as Paul, by the inspiration of the Spirit, spells it out for you and for myself. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, 
having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Beloved, Paul tells us that there is coming on the scene and has now come fable-minded preachers. Webster's Dictionary tells us that a fable is a fictitious statement, and fictitious means a deliberate falsification of deception or deception. There is a scourge or blight upon our land, and I am not talking about AIDS or drugs or alcoholic addiction, although these are fearful and and to our shame, nor am I talking about the deterioration of morals, even though this is rotting away the very fabric of our society. But what I am talking about at this time is Christendom so-called, with all of its pomp and fabulistic preaching. If professing Christianity will get straightened out in America, find the old landmark, and once again start preaching the Bible instead of fables, all these other ills will diminish and in due season we would have them in full-scale retreat. An adherence to the Word of God will in time cure the United States of AIDS, alcoholism, and drugs, and fabulistic preachers. But, beloved, I am not naive nor deceived about these matters, for I know the winds of heresy will gather momentum, and that soon the false prophet and the Antichrist will emerge from the slime pits of political subterfuge and religious heresy. And then spiritual blackness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. So it is. Our time is exceedingly important and extremely valuable. And then, fourthly, our time is important because it is given to us as so as we may build a foundation for the face-to-face meeting with Christ. Romans 14:12 says, So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself unto God. Note, it is unto God, not unto the Pope, not unto a priest, not unto a Baptist preacher, but the account is to be given unto the Almighty God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, he says, Charge them that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. In speaking of salvation, Paul says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us in Acts 4.12 that there is salvation in none other save Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So, What Paul is talking about is the mercy seat reckoning of Christ, where we as Christians, as born-again people, as begotten of the Spirit, will give an account of our lives since we believe. And we are admonished by Him, our Lord, to lay in store a good foundation against that day. For every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, for it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved as yet so as by fire. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. Beloved, time is brief, and so concern should come first. 
Yea, so concern should supersede all other concerns in this life. Our Master asked, What if a man shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What has it profited him? Conversely, if a man gains his soul and loses the whole world, what has it profited him? Life eternal and riches untold. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have it, has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. How do we exercise concern for the soul? Or how do we build that mercy seat foundation? A man said to me the other day, When I go to buy a house, the first thing I look at is the foundation. I have heard of men have a men carrying ice picks with them to test the floor joists, making sure termites had not wasted away the foundation. So some of the materials which will help in redeeming the time and build a good foundation for us are, first, Bible study and doctrine. 1 Timothy 4.13 Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So let us lay aside every weight and sin that doeth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Yea, give attendance, that is, running the race. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. There is no such thing as a proper spiritual foundation independent of Bible study and doctrine. We are not talking about studying the opinions of men, for this in the main is a waste of time and can only lead to a superficial foundation. We are talking about the study of God's precious, precious and infallible Word. Then two, prayer. No spiritual foundation is sound unless it is fortified with prayer. Prayer is like the steep steel rods running through a concrete foundation. They hold it together. And then, beloved James, the Lord's brother says in chapter 1 and verse 22, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, receiving, deceiving your own self. Self-deception, beloved, comes with men's opinions. And self-deception is the most fatal kind of deception. To preach anything else other than the truth of God's Word is not merely a fruitless waste of time, but is a a soul-cursing waste of time. In Romans 5, verse 11, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed, than we first believed. Have you ever went to sleep while driving your car or truck? You might have, but I believe you would say, in all honesty, that you try hard not to, that you take every precaution against it. Why not so in this world of spiritual spiritual things? Why not be careful in driving the, our straight and narrow way that we do not veer all onto the wide road of destruction? First John 2, verse 18, Little children, it is the last time. The last age of sin and darkness is now upon us. What is time? It is a precious commodity and there is not much of it left in the marketplace of life. It is like a currency unto us. The more we spend of it, the more valuable is that part which is left. It is like a weaver's shuttle. It flies so fast you cannot see it. It is a mystery, for we do not know what is on tomorrow or what tomorrow may bring forth. Bless God, 
in spite of the evil days, time can be redeemed. And being redeemed, it will make for a more blessed life on earth and a good foundation at the glorious mercy seat of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ said, The night cometh when no man can work. The night of spiritual darkness has settled thick upon us. And the Lord's churches are struggling, but the work goes on. The Lord's work cannot fail, so we should be encouraged. God bless you.